What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the BitVault Podcast. I'm here with, I would say he's a buddy of mine. We're from Venezuela. We're both from Venezuela. He's actually Venezuelan. I'm Venezuelan-American. There's a big difference. Welcome, Juan Pinto. Hi. Hi. How are you, man? Yeah, yeah. I consider you my friend already. <laughs> we've been we've been talking so much via Twitter, which is a not a not a very typical thing for me, but you become my Twitter friend. Twitter and friend. yeah, he- he- hello to everybody, and I and I hope you enjoy this conversation because I, I'm, I'm really I-, I was really expecting for it a lot. I mean, I, I was waiting for it, excited about it. Yeah, so I, I dude, I had you. I, it was with um, it was with the with Guzman. It, it was with Guzman from from yeah. Luxorpool. Yeah, and basically, I had such a good time with Juan. I'm like, dude, I have to, I have to, I have to get you on the podcast, just us two, so we could just talk about all this. Yeah. So, so yeah, man. Like, look, we we both have similar stories. We both started mining in Venezuela. You kind of had to leave for your reasons. I kind of had to leave, you know, for my reasons. So, I, I just, I, I want to hear your story, man. I want. Oh, there's like dogs barking in the background. Don't worry. I want to hear your story. I want you to walk us through when you first ran into Bitcoin what you found interesting about Bitcoin and kind of like the experience of starting out mining in Venezuela. So like everyone could hear it from, from your mouth. Yeah. yeah. Well, I consider myself really lucky, uh, honestly, because I mean, only, only for being born in Venezuela, I, I, I feel myself lucky or I consider myself lucky because it was really easy for me to get Bitcoin to understand what was the Bitcoin value. Uh, because of our economy, as everybody knows, and our currency, which is has already been destroyed by inflation and by uh, bad government policies, economic policies, uh, monetary policies, as all countries are doing. But Venezuela, of course, is, is one of the main examples for the rest of the world not to commit the same thing. But yeah, the, the first the first time I heard about Bitcoin uh, was from a friend of mine, and he didn't tell me much about the currency of the technology, but about a machine, magic machine that was making money, that was generating money. And he was selling me this, you know, in the, in the middle of a crisis, in, in, the, in the middle of the worst part of the crisis, I think, in Venezuela at that time. And for me, it was like a joke. And I was like, ah, man, whatever you say. At that time, I was working with, I'm a mechanical engineer, and I, 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 I was already living that field, but I worked all my life in energy generation. Uh, thermal energy with gas, oil and gas turbines. That, that's that was the main the main kind of energy generation that I the main source that I worked with. And at that time, I was like finding myself uh, again somewhere else. I wasn't that in love with engineering already, or, or maybe with energy generation only. I was looking for something else. But I mean, it, it didn't got my attention the way my friend explained me. That friend is actually right now my, my, my business partner. Uh, didn't call my attention until uh, he got like pissed off with me and he told me like, hey, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to try the machine. Uh, so I, I don't care if you don't join me, but I will do it. So but he asked me for help because I was an engineer. He, he's just a lawyer, but he likes like he's a techie guy. He likes technology a lot. So he told me, let's let's buy it together just in case I don't make any mistake, you know. It's for you to review the stuff. And then when I, while I was helping him, I remember he arrived late and I called him because we had a, we, we agreed on a meeting to buy the machine. And I called him, man, 
what's the name of the machine? Because I'm waiting for you. I'm going to start researching about it just, just to speed things up. And then he told me, yeah, Bitcoin mining. I was like, what? Bitcoin? Okay, Bitcoin machine mine. Ladies, Google. And then I started reading. And when he arrived like an hour late, I told him like, man, we're not going to buy the machine that you're telling me to buy. We're going to build our own machine. And I'm going to dedicate my life to this. Because wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold on. So what year was this, first of all? That was 2000, end of 2015. Okay, like, end of 2015. So, yeah. what do you mean by build? I, I did it, at that point wasn't Bitcoin only ASIC mined? What do you mean by build? Yeah, because I decided to build a Ethereum rig. Oh, okay, okay. So you started I, I, with Ethereum first. Yeah, of, but he wanted to buy the Bitcoin machine. But yeah, I started with Ethereum because I wanted to get my hands dirty. dirty. Like I wanted to understand really how the process worked. And at the end, I fall, I fell in love, and I'm still in love with proof of work. I mean, mm -hmm. to me, and Ether wants, Ethereum wants to move to POS, which to me is a joke. And I don't, I don't think Ether are going to do it or not, but Ethereum is still proof of work and it's the same principle, which is transforming or using energy to secure the network and generate reward for miners. So to me, that uh, theory game, game of theory, that, that, that was what fascinated me. So I say, let's build our own and let's mine Ether. To me, Bitcoin was a coin, a cryptocurrency, and Ether was another one. I mean, to me, I was, I was only fascinated about the energy part, the proof of work algorithm. And so we decided to buy the, uh, all the parts for the rig via Amazon with, through help of Google. We visit a guy uh, outside of Caracas who got a machine and like, kind of showed to us. And then we started playing with it. And from there, we started selling machines to people because they were making like, there was people earning like $5 a month in Venezuela and we were selling these machines to families that were like starving, like literally, like they were broke completely. They didn't have food to put on the table. So, so let, let's talk about that real quick because yeah. I, I like, I want everybody to understand, right? Like yeah. one S9, right? Which was the the best miner of the previous epoch, right? Now it's changed, right? Yeah. Um, now it's the what's uh, what's miner and the S, S19, S19, you could say that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Different machines. But at that time it was the S9 and the S9 went through ups and downs, obviously, because the Bitcoin price went ups and down yeah. and the hash rate also changed. But one S9 would make more money for one Venezuelan that he would make in, man, in, in, in like a year. It was crazy. He in would over make a year. In over a year. That's, yeah. that's nuts, man. That's yeah, crazy. I, I can say, man, it changed people life, people's lives. And also not only because of the machines, but because they got in contact with the technology and they understood they had a new currency to work with and to protect from, from the disaster that was happening here. Because not only the currency was getting smashed, but we using uh, dollars or using euros or any other foreign currency was kind of forbidden. It was kind of not legal in a way. It was like a dark area. The, 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 there was a dark market. And then they found this magic coin that will solve all their problems. And that's how I think uh, Bitcoin uh, penetrated Venezuela so hard. From the Bitcoin side and the mining side, uh, people was able to, to get in contact with the technology through mining. And after that, then they started just trading Bitcoin and trading cryptocurrency with each other because it was easier, faster, uh, safer, a lot safer in terms, of, in terms of the value of the money. Because as you, as you know here, there was times that you were buying something at $1 and the next day it will, be, it will cost $5, $10. It was something 
I mean, it, it was out of my mind. It was unbelievable what was going on. It's still happening, not that much because, as you know, they, they already released the dollar, so that's not there's free circulation of foreign currency here. Uh, but still, Bitcoin is king. Still, Bitcoin is being used a lot. Um, with I, I actually I was I actually was in a meeting with with one of the main companies that's leading the implementation of cryptocurrency in local shops here, like supermarkets, uh, stores, and stuff like that. And so, so, yeah, there's like two trends moving together: mining and so and exchanges. So and and men, you hear I, I hear your story. And it's very similar to mine because so my my cousin came from Venezuela and he's really fucking Venezuela. This guy's straight through, man. And he comes to Miami and he's like, I'm like, what are you doing? At the time in my life, I wasn't doing so well. Right. And he told me he's like, he 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 I think I remember he came to because I was staying at my friend's apartment at the time and and he came and he's like, Look, um, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, there's these machines that make magic internet money. And you said that, I was like, that sounds like my story. <laughs> so I got on a plane. I was like, yo, you know, F that. And I took a risk and it sounds like you did the exact same thing, man. Yeah, and, thing. but I, I kind of want to talk I, about, I, re I remember I sold my bike. to get the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Dude, I, I borrowed money. I did whatever it was yeah, to kind of yeah. have a little bit of money, but I, I want to talk about why there was so much opportunity specific in Venezuela. What circumstances, allowed that i've explained it many times but i want people to hear it from your mouth what yeah. makes venezuela so special to mine right and and yeah. you know it, it, so i, I want to hear from you because i've told it so many times yeah well so so mining is an activity that currently is like, there's it's highly competitive it's all about getting the most efficient operation like if you're not the most efficient miner you're out of the game it's like one of the most competitive industries in the world and the main driver of efficiency for a, for a mining operation is energy. If your energy source is efficient, and if it, by efficient I mean abundant, or in other words, cheap. If, you're, if your energy source is abundant or efficient, it's going to be cheap, so your operations are going to be competitive, so you're going to be a, a winner. And what's happening is that in Venezuela, we have uh, like three main sources of energy that are extremely abundant, that haven't been uh, used efficiently by our government or by uh, by the people that's ruling in the country but still there we are we have the number third largest uh, hydro power dam in the world we have the largest oil reserves and we have the eighth largest gas reserves most of the gas isn't used at all and we also have the turbines installed to transform that oil and that gas into energy so we have three different sources. Most of them aren't being exploited, exploited because you have to go there. And for miners, we love to go whatever energy because is. It's, it's, it, miners take advantage of exactly. the isolated energy. Exactly. And to add to everything that you're saying, there's a difference between the dollar black market rate and the believe it, actual, the actual rate. And that yes. just adds to the already cheap electricity and just yes. creates this very unique situation man where like yeah. you just get it's it's uh, yeah, yeah, I remember, like comp I compounding one with the other and it becomes like yeah it, it practically becomes free i haven't yeah. gone back i i think i'm gonna try to come back we should meet up by the way when i do yeah. go to caracas because i'm trying to figure now out you're coming yeah, yeah yeah so i i i yeah man I will, my I will uncle told, here. my uncle told me right but let's see let's see let's see if it, it, it pans out but it they, looks are, like i'm gonna come they, back they're apparently opening up 
the airport in, in December. I'm not sure it's going to happen, but I guess it will because they never say they will going to do it. And now it's the first time they say, okay, for some from some countries they were going to open it. I, I flew, I was stuck in Madrid last time I talked to you and I had the opportunity. I tried like, like, like crazy to come back, even though Venezuela isn't like the best place to be. But of course I have stuff to do here. I have my team here. Like, like I'm still, I'm still in love with what I'm doing and I wanted to come back and I, I like Venezuela. I mean, uh, you get used to it. You, you, you get used to the way the country works. And I, I still feel like uh, working independently from the situation, the political situation that's happening, uh, you can make a difference. You can help. And that was that was one of the things that I was that I wanted to tell you about because I knew that I, I heard in your podcast with Hashray O OS podcast or Hashray podcast that you were uh, attempting to come back. So I wanted to share that with you because I was sharing that information with my with my minor friends, minor friends here, like other companies that are mining. Some of them are public, or, or I mean they they show to the public. Some of them are more anonymous. But I was telling them the, the ideas that I had to, to make an impact or try to help the country in a way and also to, to help the industry because the industry, as you've heard, as you probably you've heard, has been like threatened by some regulations that uh, has been released by the Ministry of Cryptocurrency, let's call it like that. And yeah, whenever you want, I can, I can tell you about it. And I don't know what, I don't know if you heard about, about the, the Absolutely. regulations. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about the, the yeah. regulations, Juan. So yeah. look, from my perspective, I'm not there yeah. on the ground, but how yeah. I interpreted the announcement that they were trying to make this government pool, I saw that as good news, right? Yeah. Why did I see that as good news? Because before it was totally illegal. I remember yeah. that they would just post pictures. You know those drug busts with the yeah. guys with guns? They would just put minors. It was fucking hilarious. Because yeah. you know those yeah. guys are taking it home and they're yeah. plugging it in themselves. It's it's hysterical yeah. the corruption. Yeah. But yeah. Um, that was that was the reason why we left. I mean, yeah, the reason same. why I left. I got the yeah. hell out as soon as yeah. that started happening. I got the hell out. Yeah. So I want to hear because again, I'm I'm the United States. I'm Amer. I'm not only Venezuela. I'm I'm not American. I'm fully Venezuelan, but I've lived I've lived here so long yeah. that you know you just get disconnected. Um, yeah. I want to hear it from your mouth. What what was your interpretation of that announcement? Yeah. Okay. First of all, it's difficult to make an interpretation um, because if it's it comes from a political body, and there's so much political fights here. Anything that you say, they don't. No, nobody reads stuff like neutrally. I mean, there, there's no neutrality, and I try to be neutral. It's the only way to survive here. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm apolitical. I'm not in favor of the government. I'm not against. I try to to go my way, and to me, I mean, same as you. I mean, uh, the, the moment I read there was a, a, an official regulation for the industry, the first thing I thought, okay, now they think this is an industry. Now I'm doing things and. and I, that that's completely legal. I'm doing something that it, it's even helping the country because an industry is supposed to be promoting or or boosting the economic situation of the country, and they're gonna take us more seriously. It's gonna be more structured, more efficient. Maybe we're gonna get better uh, energy service. I mean, I was I was thinking about that at first. I started reading some of the uh, some of the specifics of the regulations. Some are, I think good news because I do think that domestic mining can be done but needs to be controlled because there's so many people mining at home uh, that aren't taking care of the 
capacity that they actually have at home. So they're blowing up transformers on the residences. So that's, that's, I mean, mining, it's okay. You can do it at home, but you have to have some kind of limit. So that, that needs to be addressed. Or if they want to have more miners, they can just do hosting at industrial facilities, like the ones that we're building, like, but in a completely free environment and in a free market, which I think it's positive for everybody. But some of the things, uh, I, I, from my understanding, is just because it's the first time somebody ever tries to regulate. Iran is doing it too. But it's not easy for a bureaucratic body to regulate such a disruptive technology like this one. And some of the stuff that they were saying, they, I don't know if they meant it that way or they were looking something else. For example, for the mining pool, the national mining pool, I think they were just trying to get like a register of all miners and that was the easiest way. I thought the same thing. I thought uh, the same thing. I'm like, yeah. look, this is good news because it's going to make it kosher. It's going to make it legal above the table. But at the same time, any idiot that decides to register, you're putting a giant target on your back. Yeah. And when the government yeah. is desperate, they're going to be, they're going to knock on your door first. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so uh, look, I, I kind of want to pivot back a little bit about because no one hears about this before. Like no one understands the concept that you could have one S9 that's like three, four year old machine. And that one S9 could provide for your family for yeah. the entire month. So could you talk about a little bit about how that is from on the ground? Because I know I've heard stories, but I don't live there, right? So I want to hear it from your mouth. Explain the pain, explain the suffering, explain the desperation that has led people to, to use the advantages and the freedom that Bitcoin enables to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I, I've seen that since 2015, even, even it was an early stage for Bitcoin. For example, in United States or, or Europe, 2015 was like a non-event year for Bitcoin in terms of uh, awareness of people. But here in Venezuela since 2016, it's, you have people earning a dollar, five dollars a month just because there's the black market that you were talking about, uh, that you can buy dollars at, supposedly you can buy dollars, let's say, at 10 bolivars per dollar, but the actual value, the real value of the dollar is 1,000. It's like a, a complete mess. So they calculate the salaries of the workers and the salaries of the people based on the official rate, which isn't true. So if you calculate it to the real rate, their salaries, their monthly income will sum up $5, $3, $4. So right now an S9 can make you at zero, at zero electricity cost, it can make you around $30, $40 a month something like that and uh, which is like 30 times where they're earning monthly and i mean uh, two years ago in 2016 they were making like 300 250 when the s9s were newer and they were being releasing in the market and man you 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 couldn't believe the faces and the and the and the lives of the people changed because they were they were able again to go to the shop to buy clothes or to go to the supermarket and buy the foods they wanted and also to, to transact to send people to family they, they, there was people here in Venezuela who learned about it and told like you know friends of them outside of Venezuela like man now you can help your mother or your grandmother who's living here you can send them money we have the government confiscating it just I will open a wallet for them so yeah. l- let me ask you something because I, what you see in the West, because the thing is, look, so what you see in Venezuela and you see this in other countries where the currency isn't stable, you see 
people using Bitcoin as as a lifeboat. You don't see people using it as in the West. We kind of see. Look, there's a lot of ideologies here. We all believe in sound money and all that stuff, but we people here use it as a speculation. Okay, because you don't need Bitcoin to do your everyday transactions. So therefore, the older generation, right, doesn't need to use it. Okay, they don't need to. They're like, why do I need Bitcoin? I could just buy with dollars, right? But in Venezuela, you see the older generations, which are not as technology literate, are they're being forced to use it. And then they see the advantages in it after the fact. Exactly. That's I mean, in, uh, I remember I, I had an interview and I think I told you about it like in 2017 and they were asking me how how I got involved with it. And as I told you at the beginning, I was forced to it because it was my, old, my only alternative of survival. It was my only alternative to to continue my life in a normal way, uh, like running away or protecting myself from the disaster that was happening economically. And yes, yeah, as, I, as I was telling you, I I. I I've helped mothers and grandmothers to open up their own wallets and exchange that those crypto that cryptocurrency that they were receiving from their family living abroad into bolivars in Venezuela to buy bread, to buy milk, to buy whatever basic stuff they would normally buy in a normal life. And that's but that's why Venezuela is the main example why cryptocurrency works. I in my, from my perspective, if I'm honest with you, I don't I do not think that Bitcoin um, I mean, I'm, I, I don't want to sound like rude in that sense, but I, I don't think Bitcoin is like a, a, a payment method. It, it works more like a store of value in my mind uh, to make small transactions. Maybe the Lightning Network is, is what's trying to solve that. It might work. I, I've tried it and it works. I don't know. It hasn't been implemented yet to, to say that it's successful. But they could use uh, here, for example, people, many shops or stores using Dash to as, as a method of payment because it's a, a little bit faster for smaller transactions. But man, anywhere you go right now in Venezuela, you can see the highways, like huge advertisement about, about it. It's like it, crypto, it's, crypto is already. So it's it's all over the country. See, the, all over the country. The, the problem, I don't see it as a problem, right? The, yeah. the thing is that Bitcoin has scaled to such a level that the the small payments right they used to make sense right but yeah. now the the fees are starting to increase and they're going to continue to increase but yeah. like, it, it, it's like, not negative for bitcoin at all i no, don't think it's, it's negative it's not negative i think it's a no. good thing but i think that lightning network is in this weird place yeah. right where it's not sufficiently it's not sufficiently popular and then yeah. you know you see people using um you know shit coins as an alternative because they're fast yeah. they're quick they're yeah. they're doing these things, so it's in a, it's in a weird place right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm sure that those people that when they buy Dash, you know, they don't keep Dash. No, they sell it. They sell no. it for Bitcoin and then just hold uh, Bitcoin, right? Yeah. So that's, that, that, that's the way. For example, if you go to Subway here in Venezuela, they can charge you. You can pay with Dash. But I mean, if you have Bitcoin, like when you when you introduce the the card, it 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 exchange your Bitcoin for Dash, and then they get the payment. You don't even need oh. to, to do the exchange. Okay, cool. So That's like, really interesting. Yeah. So let me ask you something else. Um, look, so how do you see the situation now, right? Like what, how, how has, cause you don't hear this, you don't hear this on the news. How has Venezuela dealt with uh, the pandemic with everything going around, especially with its economic situation? Well, I, as I told you, I got stuck. I was stuck in, 
in Spain during the pandemic. I left to, for my sister wedding on March 1st. And then we got locked down on middle of March, March 15 and stuff like that. But the day I left Venezuela, which was March 1st, we had a huge comeback economically. I don't, it, it, uh, not, not that I, I don't think, I'm sure it didn't happen because of some political decision or something like that. I think the economy, it's rebel. It just finds its way. Whenever it's time to flow up, to find its way up, it will. And just the government just released the dollar and then the economy started to move again. People started to transact in, in foreign currency and people was able to, to, to get like more decent amount of money to survive. The country was getting better in a way. And then the pandemic happened. And I, I think for Venezuela, it's one of the countries that got hit the hardest because we were like coming out of the water and then like they smash us back down. Uh, I don't really know in terms of health, how they manage the pandemic here. There's some, so much misinformation and that's not been shown. I cannot trust the numbers that are being provided. It's, it's difficult to, to, to say that, but in terms of the economic impact, yeah, I mean, there was, there was many new business that, started before I left that are right now closed that I mean they had all their hope and dreams I was I was kind of expecting this um, drag down because like in any uh, economic cycle when you are in depression state like when Bitcoin was a 3k when you're in depression you stay in depression for a while and then you try to go up and then you go back down it's like what you call disbelief which was what Bitcoin, when Bitcoin went up to 40, 14K and then it went back down. So I was expecting this. So life was finding a way yeah. and then the, the life happened, the pandemic happened and then yeah. it kind of got crushed again. I'm curious, what percentage of the economy do you think runs on Bitcoin? Uh, I would say if, if I include mining, I would say like, just, just, just I'm going to do my calculation here as I'm talking to you. I would say like 100 megawatts of the energy in Venezuela, it's used for mining. So I would say like around 15% to 20%. That's, that's, that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. insane. That's insane. And, 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 it's, and it's because there's huge amount of money that's been exchanged through, through cryptocurrency because of the uh, sanctions. The sanctions, they don't have any way to, tra to transform that money into other kind of money but crypto. So because of those large transactions, that's, that's affecting the percentage. So, uh, man, that, that's, that's insane. That's crazy. Yeah. That makes me happy. But at the same time, you know that that's not built. That's built out of desperation. It's not yeah. built on, yeah, yeah, yeah. on ideologies thing. Yeah, for now, for now, it's just built on desperation mainly. But there's, I mean, from desperation, there's people who learn. I mean, there's people that I, that I, that I taught about the technology and they, they, they've understood it. They, how, they, they, how do people from our generation, the millennial generation, how are they taking, they must love it. They must they, they our generation must love it over there. Yeah, man. I mean, I was playing football last night uh, with my generation friends and some of the people that I didn't know. And while I was playing, I was hearing in the back, the, the guys that were waiting to play talking about, yeah, no, I was playing with Bitcoin and was exchanging this and trying with like crypto is like a, a normal topic. It's like a day, daily topic for anybody. It's like talking about dollars or talking about anything. And of course, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a huge trend right now. There's, I, I mean, most of, like, I will say 50% of the people that I know are involved in a way with crypto. Like, 
strongly. So that's crazy, man. So you would say the majority of our generation is majority, majority. Oh, I would say over sixty percent of our generation. That's crazy. And yeah. and it, are they so are are they being entrepreneurial or are they? Because I'm sure they're not using. I'm sure they're thinking a lot, right? So yeah. are yeah. they? Are, are these people? Do they understand the 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 idea of hard money? Do, do they yeah. get it? Do they under? Do they see Bitcoin for what it is? I would say half of them do. And everybody finds their own way. I found my way through mining and through proof of work and energy. Some of them finding as a method of payment, as a store of value, as a financial service for companies, for Venezuelan companies. So yeah, the people that understand this go entrepreneurial. I know many of them that have their own small office in Caracas that they, they run their operations, their exchange operation or their OTC services, you know? So because it's, it's, that's it's a very how, normal thing. That's how most people buy Bitcoin over there. Yeah. It's all OTC, right? Yeah. Yeah. When, when, when let, 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 relatively large amounts, larger amounts are, are traded in OTC and there's many, I know, I mean, I have a, like, a, like my network of already friends who can, who can do that work for me and for my clients. What's the price like? Because I know usually there's a premium, right? So right now in the United States, it's trading for thirteen thousand one hundred and forty. As we're talking, what's the what would be the premium right now in Bitcoin? If you wanted to buy Bitcoin right now in Venezuela, what could you get it at? Like usually, what percentage? Well, uh, depending on depending on the on the rate on the amount, but it's actually pretty stable. It would be like a three percent, okay, five percent. Gotcha. Okay, so it's, it's not it's not that bad. No, it's not bad. It's it, I mean it's a huge market. It's it's Venezuela. It's a mature market, I will say. Venezuela is a mature market because so many people need it to live. So, yeah, man. It's like you have no idea. I, I know people who who use local bitcoins or exchange bitcoin for dollars for, for so, bolivars, not for dollars for bolivars, like every day, so, on a daily basis. So let me ask you something. Why are people picking Bitcoin versus the bolivar? Um, because the Bolivar, it's no, no, no. Value, that's a terrible question. That's not what I meant to ask you. Why are people? Pe- sorry about that. So why are people picking Bitcoin over the dollar? That's what I meant to ask. I'm sorry. Okay, I, 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 I mean, I, I know that I know where you're going from, where you want to go to. They don't think that the dollar is losing value, even even though we can agree on that. No, no, I, 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 I wasn't pivoting at all. Like I, I yeah. I'm not trying to steer the conversation in the direction. I'm genuinely yeah, no. curious because I have no yeah. idea. Okay, the main reason is because when you when you try to pay with dollars here, you the only way to pay are them. For most of the people, for eighty percent of the people, the only way to pay is via cash, with like physical money. And most most of the stores or most of the sellers or the or the suppliers don't have change. So if you want to buy something that's cost twenty dollars and you have a fifty dollar bill, they won't have anything to give you back. So you cannot pay with it. But with bolivars, you can pay exactly the amount with your card. So in, in, in local Bitcoins, it's really easy. It's really fast to, to transact or to transfer money uh, into your bank account in Bolivars. But you don't, trans, you don't transfer all the money you need for the year, of course. That's why people transact by day. I mean, I know guys that every day in the morning, okay, I'm going to put like $50 in my bank account today. So if I need to pay for something and then if the next day I have still, I will, I will wait and then I... I just like refill every day, every two days. Gotcha. So they use, so like the, the, so they would use Bitcoin and dollars as a way to save 
but yeah. to spend, they would just cash out just a small minority. By the way, I do the same thing. I yeah. keep the majority of my savings yeah. in Bitcoin. Yeah. And then if I need to spend, you know, unfortunately I'll buy the ultimate shitcoin, the dollar, if I need to spend that day. But yeah. man, it's crazy. It's crazy. Man, it's, I'm so happy to hear this, but I kind of want to talk about, cause this hits, we're, we're seeing a lot of this kind of in the U S right now. And I want, I want people to hear it from your mouth, right? Yeah. We're seeing a lot of this socialism in American politics and how they think it's a good idea. And all the, cause the problem with socialism is that it plays a chord to your heart, man. It plays yeah. on your heartstrings, like equality for everyone, free, whatever. But in reality, Every, everybody loves it. It never works. When you hear it. It's yeah, free it things. Works. Who's paying for it? It always costs something. They don't say yeah. where it costs. So yeah. wh why don't you walk us through Venezuela used to be one of the wealthiest countries, but, but this was before yeah. we were born, right? Like in the, yeah. when we were born, it was like when it, when they, the bad decisions started to happen. So yeah. like a little bit before that. So why don't you walk us through, how Venezuela goes from the third wealthiest economy in South America, and to, according to its population, it was the wealthiest economy in, in yeah, South yeah. America. How did it go from, because it wasn't because Venezuela is extremely um, resource rich. It's one of the most resource richest places in the world. It has diamonds, it has gems, it has oil, a lot of oil. It has so much oil. So why don't you walk us through that whole process and maybe you think socialism was the cause. I think it was. I think that the ideology is a failed ideology. I think it's a dangerous ideology. And I think it always, it always goes to economic ruin. So why don't you talk about the policies that, that took us through there? Maybe you think it was socialism. Maybe you think it wasn't. Yeah, I think it was a mix. There, was, there were some decisions that were made before socialism arrived in the 80s or 70s when they took out Americans from our, our oil wells. I thought, I think it was, a it, it was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a good timing to do that. We needed to weigh a little bit more. We needed to get more knowledge about it. So we decided to get independent from United States. In the so United you're States. talking about the nationalization of, of no, before, before, before the that. nationalization, Be okay. before the nationalization, it was still private, but we tried to took more control nationally. Despite we didn't have the knowledge yet or the capacity to run it, and then from there, it, that that was when the disaster happened, which was a nationalization, not only of PDVSA but all the other basic services like energy, water, communications, and automobilistic in industries. So you could say technically that the government wasn't socialist yet, but yeah. the nationalization of, 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 of companies is socialism. Yeah, you know, it was. Perha it perhaps, was. It wasn't, it, perhaps it wasn't branded as socialism yeah. yet. Perhaps Chavez didn't come into the picture yet, but that's socialistic, right? Because socialism, the definition is the government or a central entity controls the means of production, right? Exactly. So what, what, happened, what happened with socialism and when, when, when Chavez arrived, he had those beautiful ideas that everybody would love to hear and especially for venezuelans because we are we knew from the beginning that that we were rich we were a rich country and as we know if you are a poor person and you know that you live in a rich country and then somebody goes and tells you man you live in a rich country you deserve to have all that to you you need to you, you, you look at those people that have so much money and you have nothing and 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 that belongs to you what they have belongs to you it was a very simple uh, idea or a, a simple message to display and to show and to transmit that as you say it will hit in the heart of the people and there was a, a, 
huge inequality in Venezuela. It was it was highly uh, unequal uh, in terms of societal societal infrastructure or structure. And then they divided the country. That's the first thing they did. They divided the country. That was what's happening in America right now. Dividing it between black and white. That's the first the first task that socialism does is try to divide. And from division, then they create hate. And from that hate, they, they get the, the, the bigger part of the of the hate inside. And then they control the country from that side from hate. And from hate, what you get is destruction. And from hate, what you get is bad ideas. When you, well, from hate, what you get is is uh, horrible decisions of in terms of investment. And then people from that side decides like, yeah, I want to destroy that side so much that I don't give a fuck if the, if the guy who's running everything destroys the country. I, ju- I just want him to get ruined from that division. That's, that, that to me is, is a definition of socialism. When you try to build equality, what you do is like divide the hardest. You make people hate on each other when you try to promote equality. That's not the way to promote equality, and that's that's to me that that, that to me is the is the main cause or the main reason why socialism um, hasn't been successful in, in most of their implementation, especially here in the South in South America. So, the question for you is: I see this from a mile away, and Miami has a big Cuban population, and they see it as well. Right, and they and they saw it uh, before it happened to us. The Cubans were warning us about it, and we didn't hear. So, right now in the U.S., right there's this there's a candidate that he might say he's he has socialists in the party, and the thing about socialists is that they don't give up. They don't give up until they conquer everything, and I think that the left the 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 left in the United States right now. It's so dangerous. They're playing with fire, and they don't understand how dangerous that is. Yeah. Why? Like, could you explain what the hell is going on? Because it's so easy to see, but I want to hear it from someone who's actually suffered the consequences of this terrible political ideology. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I just, I, I would just tell you, or I will just tell the audience that's that's listening right now. To, to listen to the people who live this. I mean, it happened to us. The Cubans were warning us about it. And we thought, like, no, man, this, this isn't happening to us. It's a different situation. It can be the same ideology or the same ideas, but we are a different country. We are different people, different structure. No, it's not. It's going to be exactly the same. I mean, it, it, it's, it, it doesn't depend on the country or the geography. It depends on the roots of the idea and just... Just open your eyes and see that what they're telling you is being transmitted by 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 the left. I will say, uh, you see the 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 speech they have. It's completely deviated. I mean, they they they, they lost focus because I mean, I, I was a, a lefty in the beginning. Like everybody, when he's young, I mean, I fight for the poor. I fight. I fight for for the for the most vulnerable and that that's how we are born like we try to be like robin hood but that's how they get you and yeah. and just to just to kind of add to what you were saying winston churchill has a really famous quote that says it uh it okay what was it it was like when you're yeah if, if you're not left when you're young you have no heart but as you get older 
If you're not a conservative, you have no brain, right? It goes something along those lines, right? So so that's that's how the left gets you. That's how the left gets you, man. They they play to the the heart. And you think that you're morally just and you're doing the right thing, but they have very devious ideas that are going on. And they use you. They use your your heart to your disadvantage. And, man, it's it's absolutely crazy. They use use your heart to hate. They use use your, your heart to judge like brainwashed in a way uh, without using your reason or your logic with everything. I mean, in, even in terms of the, of the pandemic, as you can see, the left is the one pushing the control ideas like the mask, mask mandate, the lockdown, the, the, the lockdown for the whole country. Like, man, it's like, it's crazy. They just want to control people's lives, man. Yeah, it, yeah. It's absolutely nuts. And uh, Juan, let, let's, let's pivot back a little bit. So, do you think that, and I know it's going to be very hard, um, but do you think that Bitcoin could change the direction that the country's headed in Venezuela? Do you see it as a game changer for the type of government? Do you see them getting getting unseated because of the freedoms that Bitcoin enables? Yeah, I think, I think uh, not Bitcoin, but Bitcoin will help the, the only way that I think we can get out of this crisis, which is by empowering people and to creating new entrepreneurs, to restart the industry with independent uh, entrepreneurs or independent people, owners, CEOs that can regain power on the economy, that can make an impact, that, that, can, that can have a, a decision power on the country and again, reestablish like normality and and, and have some power above the decision of the government because right now everybody's poor, everybody's destroyed, nobody's motivated. But if we start start to, uh, to to regain power independently, all the private industry and the pl- private entrepreneurs and CEOs, I think we can, like it happened in 2002, change the course of of the situation of the political situation. Do you think and that in Bitcoin? Yeah, and, and and what I think is that Bitcoin is helping us a lot because thanks to Bitcoins, a lot of new entrepreneurs are burning, are being born, and a lot of new entrepreneurs are, are growing at a, at a high pace and and getting a high influence on 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 industries and on on media and on ideas that that will that will change the direction of the of the country and that will make politics less important and again the, the the private industry and the workers and the people and just hard work be the the, the the main character of that movie because right now it's all about as you say drama and just politics and just speeches marxism and, leninism yeah, you know yeah. bullshit ideology but do yeah. you think that that's possible without unseating the current government in Venezuela, do you think that the government could coexist with this private industry? Man, that's, that's my only hope. I, I cannot live just thinking that they're going to take down the country or the, the government or, the, the, or that the government is going to resign. If I, just, if I work ah, okay. only based on that, I'm not yeah. going to be able to it's depressing. keep building. It's depressing. It's depre- yeah, yeah, I completely it, agree. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So I just I just decided I, I'm gonna I'm gonna build. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep building. I'm gonna keep growing the industry as much as I can until they let me. If they allow me to keep building my industry and helping the country from my niche, from my side, and other people follow me or other other entrepreneurs do the same, 
which they are, and I, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be a slow process. To me, it's the only way out for from now. I mean, there might be some political uh, situation happening in, on the sidelines, and then everything will change from that side. But I'm not thinking about that. I, I, I cannot. Otherwise, as you say, it's depressing. It's not, I, I wouldn't feel motivated. I wouldn't be able to motivate my, my, my team and, and the guys that believe in me and, and our idea. And at so, the end, Bitcoin is a political man. Yeah, it's apolitical. It doesn't care your race, your creed, yeah. your political ideology, except everybody. Juan, yeah. speaking about your work, let's talk about that. Let's talk about uh, Dr. Miner. Let's yeah. talk about what that is. By the way, guys, that's what Juan's up to. Juan, why don't you tell us about it? Why don't you tell us what you do? Why don't you yeah. tell us what you're up to? Yeah, well, I run a mining company, a Venezuelan mining company since 2016. It's called Dr. Miner. Uh, we've been like since the beginning, as, as I told you, we were, we were selling, just selling machine, building machines, building Ethereum rigs to, to Venezuelans and selling them just in one piece per person, just like beside their bed. We went from there to building two megawatts, or seven megawatts facilities or in mining farms, of course. Uh, operating those farms, uh, in, uh, we, we are we are we're actually right now developing that. That was the news that I was telling you about. We we're developing a mining pool, a Venezuelan mining pool made for Latin America. And it, I I promise we didn't do that. We still haven't launched it publicly. We will do it next week. But we didn't we didn't have this idea after the government uh, announced the national mining pool. We were working on the pool, and then suddenly the government said that they were releasing a mining pool and for us it's just like we're still going forward we're still going to release it we're going to say it's for it's for it's made in venezuela but it's for latin america because i believe in decentralization of mining i think us miners in latin america which are which, which have a, a pretty decent amount of hash rate for the network we cannot continue mining chinese pools it makes no sense not only for decentralization but also for efficiency of your miners and that, and that will just mark a precedent for other pools or other companies to build uh, mining pools in our region. I want to, we, we, our, our goal and our mission as in Dr. Miner is to develop uh, a, a strong, a robust mining industry in this side of the world, in the, in the Latin American side of the world. With the help of North America, we need to gain power on this side of the world. We cannot give all the power to the East, which is as it's happening right now. It's been... 10 years, I mean, since the beginning of Bitcoin, that we've been decentralizing mining from China. Absolutely. Right now, right now, China doesn't have, I mean, maybe they have over 50%, but in the past, they had over 80, even 90% of the hash rate. Right now, it's been decentralized all over the world. So we want to continue working on that. And the only way to do that is to, is to continue building on this side of the world, is to continue growing the industry and, and to offer tools and implement uh, alternatives for miners here to to continue growing with us and decentralizing the industry because for bitcoin the most important thing for bitcoin security and trust is to have a mining industry that's decentralized it's the only way to provide trust so Juan, network man that's super exciting and that's exactly what i'm going to make the name of this video the first venezuelan private mining pool that's yeah. that's me so excited i completely agree with everything that you're saying man yeah. we need decentralization but it's not because it, they always and the socialists say this too we need this we need that but yeah. they don't talk Dude. about the economics of it yeah. whatsoever right so the yeah. economic let's talk about the economics of 
you know, hosting with Dr. Minor in Venezuela, you know, like yeah. if someone wanted to host with you guys, what would be the process? Yeah, but right now we only are mining by ourselves. To be honest, to we, we didn't host equipment right now for the smaller investors, even though- No, 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 me neither, me neither. My minimum yeah. is, is 10 ASICs, right? So, and that's, that's still, you know what tends to happen? Um, yeah. The small guys, call you all the time they're like yeah. what's going on because it's a big investment for them yeah and the yeah, bigger yeah, guys they send you a text you know like every two or three weeks you know hey yeah. how's everything going everything's going fine and yeah. that's it it's the end of the story right so yeah. that's and my experience yeah and it's also and it's also because what we're doing is uh, at the beginning we're, we're mining by ourselves because it's, it makes more economic sense for me to buy an s9 in the united states and connect it for me and then from, from the money that i'm making from with those s9s i keep growing and i keep building and i keep building new farms and I implement new things. So as of now, we do have hosting services for some clients. Right now it's already full, let's say in a way, it, they're gonna be new places soon. And our goal and our vision is to have, is, is to export energy from Venezuela because when you do hosting, what you're doing is just selling energy. Absolutely. The energy that you, the energy you're selling that you a get. space, the infrastructure, in and terms of the, the but energy, you, but cost. you said it in kilowatt hours. Yeah, the, the, so, the hosting well, costs kilowatt hours. Let me ask you something, Juan, because people are not. I would ask you how many megawatts you guys you have. You guys are currently mining, but people are not going to understand that. How yeah. many miners? How many? The number of miners. How many miners are you guys running? Around twelve thousand. Okay. Wow. Okay. You guys are. You guys are. You guys are pretty big. That's crazy, man. And yeah, it's but, just you but, and your but, partner. But, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, when I say running, I'm operating farms of investors, yeah. farms that belong to other people. No, no, uh, no I completely understand. Yeah. But, but in, in terms of hosting, as you were saying, the, the price that we're offering to the people that we're hosting right now, it's at three cents per kilowatt hour for hosting price, which is like probably the cheapest in the That's world. It's the cheapest that anyone's yeah. ever going to get, man. Yeah, That's yeah. yeah. We host we host miners for a, a Chinese company called Panda Miner for oh you told over me, a year. you were yeah. telling me that story that was really interesting that's in the other podcast you guys are gonna have to hear that it's a really interesting yeah. story um, yeah that was really cool how it, yeah. the whole story where they landed and the electricity was off and they're yeah. like what the yeah. hell is going on that's yeah. hilarious guys go check out Doctor Miner they're working on so many interesting things I'm gonna put down the link so you can check it out it's called DrMiner.com and they are going to launch soon. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to retweet that once when Juan announces that they're going to launch the first Venezuelan mining pool that hopefully serves the rest of Latin South America, America. Yep. and some of North America. Guys, we've ran out of time. Juan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Guys, go follow Juan on Twitter. He's pretty, he's pretty awesome. His, uh, his handle is BECHAINBTC. And, and guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something about mining in Venezuela. You guys yeah. have heard me talking about it so freaking much, but I wanted, I wanted you guys to hear it from a Venezuelan that actually lives there. Not a Venezuelan that's lived in America for 10 years. But anyways, <laughs> okay. guys, if you like the show, don't forget to, uh, to subscribe, and I'll see you on the next one.